brown, brown, driving me wild. It's a pretty brown, brown, driving me wild. Welcome to the rodeo, the rodeo show. It's probably rude of me to just like come back and pretend that I've been here this whole time, but we're back. Welcome back to the rodeo show. I'm Rodeo, and this is the show. I've decided to break the show up into seasons, and once I get a more concrete idea of what the seasons will look like, I'll let you guys know. So let's just say this is like season three, since this is like the third break um, in in the podcast. So we'll just call it season three. So welcome back to season three of the Rodeo Show. First, let's just jump right into it. We are bringing back, we meaning the Road Productions, is bringing back the Fall Wellness Challenge this Monday. So starting this Monday, we'll begin with the daily affirmations. Um, This year, we've added journal prompts and action or like supportive actions for the affirmation. So focusing more so inward and setting intention and being intentional about what we put forth And then having a supportive action to kind of help with that affirmation throughout the day to make sure that we're holding ourselves accountable. And then a daily journal prompt for you to use um, at night when you're journaling. So the idea is that every single day you will hashtag I am mine and engage in the challenge, which would be reciting your morning affirmation every morning and throughout the day as needed. Completing the supportive action with the affirmation, journaling at night, committing to two to three minutes per day of stillness or meditation, whichever you prefer to call it, and then setting a goal each week and tracking your progress throughout the week. So every Sunday, I'll post a video setting my weekly goals and intention, um, one goal, weekly goal and intention and how it ties into the affirmations for that week. And then the next Sunday, I'll post about how the previous week went, how I'm doing with that, and then what my goal setting and intention is for the following week. And you guys can choose to do the same one that I'm doing if that's where your spirit shifts you. But if not, You can choose to set your own goal that you either share with us or not. And then you'll hashtag I am mine if you decide to post on social media. So the reason why I went with the hashtag I am mine is last year our focus was your vibe attracts your tribe. So we were more so focused on sisterhood and women, black women, women of color, all coming together and supporting each other on our journeys. And so this year I decided to focus inward, which is a little bit backwards. Maybe we should have started there and then did the tribe, but we didn't. So each year I can tweak it and make it something that is more conducive to what's currently happening. But in my life right now, it seems that I'm more so uh, focused on what my own goals are and trying to give more and pour more into myself than into others. And um, I know by having a full cup, then I then can pour into other people, but you can't pour from an empty cup. So I want to take 30 days out of this season uh, before the new year 
to really just pour into my own cup um, because I know that there's a lot of things coming up towards the end and the beginning of next year where I will need to be available and present for others. And so I want to make sure that my cup runneth over. Um, And so that's why this challenge this year is focused on self-care, self-indulgence, self-reflection, self-assessment, self-adjustment, all of the selves, like making sure that you are in alignment um, with what you want and who you want to be, um, and then making sure you're intentional about fulfilling that. And so just in the era of transparency, I have fallen off my healthy food wagon. And so with that came me falling off a lot of my routines and uh, structures that I had in place to make sure that I was always uplifted and grounded. (laughs) It's funny how those two things go together. Um, And so this is also intentional for me to kind of reset those goals, reset those routines and just pretty much hit the reset button overall in every aspect and corridor of my life, which is why the podcast is now back for season three and the blog will be up by Sunday as well. And we're jumping right in. And so we have things coming up and events coming up that I'll, I look forward to announcing in the coming weeks uh, in correspondence with the book and some other projects with the book as well um, that I've been talking about and talking about and talking about. But, you know, progress is a low process, low progress is a slow process and we're working, we're working and we're trying to put things in place. And a part of that um, getting done is making sure that I am in place and that I am focused and centered and willing and ready to give of myself into these projects. So 30 day fall wellness challenge, 2017, we are back. It's lit. I'm so excited to share in this with you guys. I hope you are in, all are in. If you are, you'll just hashtag I am mine under the post. Um, it'll go up before this podcast even airs. So if you listen to the podcast and then you see the post, be sure to indulge me. Hashtag I am mine. Join me on this journey of self-reflection and readjusting yourself and just taking stock in where you are and where you want to be in line or in the context of what you have set for your goals for this year. I've completed a good many of mine um, that I set for this year. So that's pretty exciting. Um, The one that I didn't and that I'm still working on is the saving money one, but I'm getting better. And it seems like the end of the year is really going to allow me the opportunity to save more money. And so I'm excited about that. And I'm just excited about how you put things in the universe and you keep saying it and you keep saying it. And then you look up and things have shifted in your favor. And I I just find that all so all-encompassing and all-inspiring because the saving money thing was like not looking good uh, a month and a half ago. It was not looking good at all. And um, I just kept saying my affirmations that I post on my mirror. And I even stopped journaling a little bit. So I wasn't even writing anymore, but I had written it down multiple times that I was going to save X amount of dollars before um, the new year. And then September hit. 
oh, you know, happy belated birthday to me and everything. Um, September hit and then things just shifted. And I was like, oh, I may actually be able to complete this goal by the new year, which was shocking to me because I hadn't really done anything but be open. Um, just open to the possibility of things happening and shifting in my favor. And they did. And I've been writing and saying out loud, I need a vacation. I need a vacation. I need a vacation all year. And then in September, I was able to, well, this month is still September. Uh, this month I was able to book two vacations that were really important to me. Um, really important for me to be there and to show up for these particular people. And so I was able to do that. And that's exciting. And I mean, it's just, you know, just, just, you know, just things, just things aligning. And so I just want to share in that with this community that I've built with this podcast and with the book and just my little small social media following um, and really just, push each other forward and walk in power towards this next year because trust me, this administration is trying, trying with their whole souls to kill me. I swear they are. I swear. And so I'm really trying to make an effort to busy myself and busy my mind and ground myself in purpose and ground myself in intention so I don't get swept away in the bullshit that is this country in this world currently because it's very easy to get swept away and so I have to readjust refocus and get my mind together so that I can finish out this year strong and continue to be my ancestors wildest dreams so now that we have that I'll again speak about that at the end of the podcast just to remind you guys but this episode I really just wanted to take the opportunity to thank everybody for purchasing The Sins of My Parents. Um, it is thanks to you guys that I was able to book said vacations. Um, because of your immense amount of support for The Sins of My Parents, which if you don't know, it is available on Amazon.com, TheRealProductions.com, and um, BarnesandNoble.com. So you can get it in all those places. And I think in a couple of weeks, you should be able to also get it in store. So that is really exciting. I'm working on getting the book uh, carried in local black bookstores. Um, and so that's another project that we're working on. And as I get more information, I'll share that. And I'm really excited about that. But it's because of you guys and your support of the book and for liking the book. I, I mean, it's, it's been overwhelming, honestly, immensely overwhelming. Um, check out my interview on I Never Knew TV. It's a YouTube channel. You can find that on YouTube. Um, I Never Knew TV. Everything is spelled the way it sounds. And I did an interview, a short interview about the book um, at the book signing. And I think that's a really good thing to watch. But I'm going to answer your questions that were emailed in. And I know I'm late doing this, but I did want to have the opportunity to answer your questions like I said I would. And so let's just jump right in, right? Like, let's just get in. So one of the questions I have here is what was the hardest chapter for me to write? And which one was the most fun? Um, okay, so 
The hardest chapter for me to write was, hmm, I want to say seashells. Seashells was really hard to write. Um, if you've read the book, then you kind of know why. Uh, my mom's chapter was also really hard to write because there are certain events that take place in each chapter. And as I was mapping out the chapters, I kind of knew what was coming and what was going to be written in each chapter. And so I got a lot of anxiety when I was having to come up and write and relive some of these more traumatic experiences in my life. And so when I knew it was coming, I would procrastinate on writing because I really just didn't want to have to go there. But I knew that it would benefit somebody. And so I was like, okay, fine, I'll just do it. But um, one of the hard ones to write was the incident that happens in the chapter about my mother. That one was really difficult for me and very emotionally draining. And then the second one that was emotionally draining was seashells because of everything that is happening at that point in my life. Um that was really just difficult for me to circulate through and definitely write down because some of it was like, am I really going to say this? Like, am I really just going to write in this book that this thing that I did that I'm not like super proud of, uh, but it is the truth and it is what happened. And I ultimately decided yes, because if I'm going to tell the truth about other people, then I found that it's equally as important for me to tell the truth about me and to be transparent. And so I did and I shared it and it happened. But those were two two of the hardest chapters to write. Um, none of the chapters were fun to write. So, uh, yeah, none of them <laughs> were really. Yeah, no, none of them were fun at all. Uh, so. Writing the book wasn't actually fun, so I don't really know how to answer that one because there was nothing really fun about it. Um, yeah, so moving right along, let me see what other questions do we have here. They're all in separate spaces, and I probably should have put them all together, but I didn't. So now I have to go find them. Um, okay, so why did I write the book is another question. I wrote the book because, well, there's a couple of different reasons. So the original reason why I started writing the book, because this book has been adapted in my mind and on paper in three different phases. So the original book that I wrote or started writing rather was called Somebody Else's Memoir. And it was a compilation of different stories from my girlfriends and myself and told through one character. And I did it that way so that I could mask things that happened with me and things that happened with them all into one person. So you wouldn't be able to tell whose story was whose. Um, but then I stopped writing that one because my, my soul wasn't in it. My spirit wasn't in it. It started out really strong and then I just kind of fell off. Then the second one um, 
I think I kept the same title, maybe. I can't really remember. But I started writing that one in 2012. So in 2012, I put pen to paper, rather, nails to laptop. And I started writing it because I was trying to write through everything that was happening in my life at the time. I've always been somebody who journaled and liked to write down my feelings through poems or songs or, you know, just general journal writing. I've always done that. Um, I've never shared it really though. Like I've never shared any things I've written with anybody. So that part was hard, but um, I did it anyway. And I started writing it and then things in my life, as you read, if you read the book, continued to get hard. And so I stopped writing it because the book was still happening. And I hadn't even realized that I got into a really deep depression and I was like, I'm not writing this anymore. Then I moved to Texas and I started teaching. And moving to Texas really put me in a space to be by myself and to focus on me because I was alone. I had no family there, no friends there. I had to start all over. And starting all over, I had to figure out who I was outside of my connections to other people. So who was I besides my mother's daughter? Who was I besides my brother's sister? Who was I besides my friend's friend? Who was I besides these men's exes? Like, who was I alone by myself with nobody around? And I got to craft who I wanted that person to be and who I felt lingered inside me that I wanted to bring to the forefront. But I also had to grapple with who I was at that moment and things I didn't like about myself that were revealed through meeting new people and things I did love about myself that was also revealed by just being by myself. And so from that... I kind of got into a space that was more reflective and more honest about myself and my behavior. And I realized that I was a, you know, in the past I was a hater and I didn't like that. It's like, dang, I was really a hater. Um, I was a victim a lot. I was self-loathing. I was like all of these different things I really didn't like about myself and I didn't think was truly me. And so once I started to work on those things, I started to pour that into my students and everybody knows I was a teacher before and those are my babies. I love them to death. And so as I started to pour into them, I started to recognize that I wasn't practicing what I was preaching um, in that my social media presence was still reflective of my life before and not my life that I was currently living. So I deleted all my social media and everything. And I really started to try and live my life um, mirroring mirroring what I wanted for my students. And so with that, um, I got a lot of comments from my kids about how I just didn't understand them or I couldn't possibly understand because I went to college and there was a lot of assumptions about what my life had been like prior to entering the classroom that were largely incorrect. And so I started to share with them very honest pieces of my life, like very, very hard things that I didn't realize that I hadn't healed from um, until speaking about them because I would always get really emotional. I couldn't understand why. And so in sharing that with, you know, select groups of students, I realized that it was important for me to share that with everybody because the response that I would get taught me a lot about humility about understanding one another and being, you know, seeking to understand. Uh, Humanizing people's stories and their narratives is really important to me. And letting my kids know that the person who stood in front of them got there 
going through a lot of things. Like I had to go through a lot to get to that point and that they also could be there or somewhere better or greater or wherever they wanted to be if that is what they truly, truly wanted. And so it was important to me to write the book so that other people knew that. And so I guess when I sum it up, long story short, um, I guess it's too late for that, but here we are. Um, it wasn't for hugs. It wasn't for accolades. It wasn't for other people's tears for me or for people to feel sorry for me or feel bad for me because I've gone through my storms um, and I'm sure I'll have more to come. But the ones that I have lived through, I've lived through and I have taken time to heal from. And some of them I'm still currently healing from, but I'm focused on that because I know that they exist and I know that I need to heal. And I'm already acknowledging that. So what I wrote the book solely for was for people to understand a couple different things. To humanize people, you know, don't be so quick to pass judgment because of what somebody looks like or what you think you know about them, good or bad, because everybody's carrying, you know, walking with their own demons that you can't see. And so it's nice to just be humble with people and and offer humility and kindness, just basic human kindness, because you never know what people are going through. And people assumed often that I was doing great. And a lot of times I wasn't. But the, if, if you just operate from the space that people are going through something, then you're kinder in the world. And that's just better overall. But also because, I mean, I think one of my podcast hosts put this really, put this really well um, on her podcast, The Friend Zone I told you guys about. And you should definitely follow Hey Friend Hey. Um, but she said, a healer doesn't heal people. They provide space for their healing. And that's what my book is for. My book was to provide space for people's healing. Not to heal them, because who am I to do that? But to provide space on pages for people to heal themselves. And so, or even just to recognize that they needed to be healed in some way. To see themselves in my story and recognize ways in which they are still hurting or have hurt others and how they then could start to heal from that. And so those were like the biggest things for me in writing the book is just providing spaces for people to heal because in my life I have encountered so many hurt people who didn't know that they were hurting or were ashamed of their hurting and thus were running from it instead of confronting it. And I just wanted to put something in front of people that forced them to confront their own demons dance with them, and then put their asses to bed. Like, heal past it. Like, come together and heal. So, yeah, that's why I wrote the book in long story long. Um, that's where that came from. Another question that was emailed to me is, how did my parents feel about what was said about them in the book? And, um, well, my mom was pretty okay. Uh, she knew that it was coming and was largely supportive of me just telling my truth and being honest. Uh, her biggest thing was that, you know, somebody somewhere will hear this and be able to get something out of it. And so that was okay for her. So me sharing her dirty secrets, 
um, or just a few of them, was largely okay with her. Um, my dad, I mean, there was a few things that he disagreed with. And through some conversation, there were things that I corrected to make sure that um, I was being honest and authentic in his storytelling. Um, but as far as like our relationship, I kept everything the same pretty much. And so he kind of just felt like, well, where do we go from here kind of thing? But definitely wasn't, also wasn't upset about what I had to say. I think both of my parents kind of understand that I am my own person and that this is my story and that I was going to tell it regardless. Um, so to either get on board, you know, or don't. But I also just feel like they knew that this was coming and, and thus and thus they were supportive. And so I guess the short answer to that is that they were really supportive uh, for the most part. My mom more than more so than my dad, but my dad also didn't have an issue with it, I guess. Um, but he wasn't as involved as my mom was in making sure that the book got finished and published. So there's that. Moving right along. <laughs> Next question is, is there going to be a book too? I don't know, people. I don't know. Um... Let me say this. A lot of the events that happened in this book, The Sins of My Parents, happened between three and five years ago. The, the big bulk of it, because like what, I'm 27, so three years would have been 24, five years would have been 22. So yeah, let's not say that. It'd been like three to seven years ago for the most part, right? And so I had at most seven years and at least three years to really remove myself from those situations and give an honest portrayal of what happened because I wasn't living them anymore. I was on the outside of them, kind of hovering over myself at that point and looking in. So I was like from the outside looking in three years later, you know, or seven years later. So that's why you got a book that was as honest as it was. I think that if I were to write a second book immediately, uh, starting from when I got to Texas to now or to a year ago, it wouldn't be as honest as, as the sense of my parents. Because I'm still living a lot of those things. A lot of those people are still in my life or I'm still trying to figure out what what went wrong or, you know, or like where we are, or what's going on or what the lesson was from people who were in my life, who are no longer in my life or people who were in my life in one capacity and now are in my life in a different capacity. I haven't really figured out what those things mean yet or how they have impacted my life. So I think rushing to write a second book would be largely inauthentic, like just not real. And I don't want to romanticize shit. Like I want to be able to tell things as they happen and be honest about them and authentic about it. And if I do it that way, I won't be. So if there will be a book two, it will be at most seven years later, at least three years later. So it'll be at least three years before. I do have intentions and goals to spend 
sometime this summer with my mother working on her book. So that's a positive if you guys want more of my writing. Um, The next book in the pipeline that is already outlined and just needs to be formatted, which is why I'm trying to get my life together so I can focus on that um, after two other projects, um, along with school and everything that goes along with, you know, getting a PhD, I'm way in over my head in real life, but (laughs) I have so many things I just want to accomplish. So there's that. Anyway, um, the next book that's in the pipeline is more of a interactive book, kind of interactive book slash journal slash planner slash guide slash 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 slash. Um, so it's more so on that realm than a nonfiction or creative nonfiction uh, book, unfortunately for some, unfortunately for others. So now that I've shared with people where I'm coming from, I kind of want to provide or share rather tools that I've used to get through those things, uh, tools that were shared with me that I have not used, but I think are really good. Um, and tools that I have used on and off that have always been great, but I'm not always consistent in using them to make sure they continue to work. So I want to be able to share all those resources with you guys. And so that will be book number two. So it won't be a creative nonfiction book, but there's that. And then if you're looking for more creative nonfiction writing, you can expect uh, the writing of my mother's book in like one to two years. So that'll probably take one to two years to get all sorted out and done. So yeah, that's the answer to that question of is there going to be a book two? Um, I'm just going to answer two more questions because I have class in the morning. Um, and it's late. So I'm going to answer two more questions and then do some follow-up stuff and then sing you guys or bid you guys a farewell. Uh, the next question is hold on one second find it it is ah okay do I still speak with the guys from the book (laughs) no Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, no. For the most part, no. Um, here's the thing, though. I'm the kind of person, and my some of my friends take issue with this, but I'm the kind of person that once I love you, I will always love you. I will always love you. And I will always care about you. And I will always wish and want the best for you. Um, but I've learned in this life, that that doesn't mean that I have to have you in my life for me to feel that way about you. So I've learned through them that sometimes it's best to love people from afar. And that says something about them, but also says something about me. And in allowing people space to heal, it doesn't mean that you have to take on their healing and it doesn't mean that their healing is your responsibility I think it's just important to give people space theoretically 
by letting them know that there are no hard feelings, there's no animosity, I have forgiven you. And this is only if you're at a point or a place to do so, because not everybody is at a point to do that. And so I think that I've given them that space because I've always wanted somebody to give me space for closure. And sometimes I didn't always get it when I needed it. Um, And then it got to a point where I didn't need it necessarily, but I wanted to give that to them. And so I think in reaching out to them about the book, I just wanted to kind of clear the air, but they weren't as receptive to doing that. Some of them, one of them, one of them was, and then the rest of them were not. Um, But we both, in all of those situations, wished each other the best. And I think that that's another way of healing or allowing space for healing is to say, okay, we may not be able to heal through this together, but I wish you the best in your own personal healing. I will always wish you the best. And if you ever needed anything, I would be there. And I can honestly say that I think that they would uh, reciprocate those feelings as well. And so I do wish them the best. I send them love and light. Um, and I wish them continued growth and healing. And I hope that all of their wishes and dreams and aspirations come to light and come to fruition because regardless of how we interacted with one another, a lot of the times we were young, very young and still learning and growing and operating from places of hurt instead of places of power. And so, of course, um, in the process, we sought to destroy one another, but I don't believe that those people are the people they were then, now. And so I think that they deserve all of those things all of those good things to happen to them and but that doesn't mean I have to be around to witness it and I don't have to put myself in the line of fire in the name of them and so I will not do that um I can't keep putting myself in a position to be heard uh because that will be insane after you've read the book you know that um so yeah I love them from afar I wish them the best we don't really speak but there's no uh animosity um we follow each other on social media for the most part and they like my pictures I don't know if I like theirs or not probably probably rarely or not at all and we don't really communicate via text or anything but um we have each other's numbers and one of them reached out when they thought you know I was in Texas when the tragedy happened and uh they thought I was there I was not there Uh, But my heart and my prayers and my money has gone out to uh, everywhere that's been affected by hurricanes um, because climate change is real. And so is science. But anyway, um, so, yeah, he reached out because he thought that's where I was. I informed him that I was not. Uh, He just wanted to check on me. And I thought that was kind. And we moved forward from there. Like, thank you. Thank you. And that was it. And so, yeah, I think that that's just pretty much where we are. Um. Yeah, we don't speak regularly, but, you know, occasionally I get a happy birthday message. Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't, and that's all good. And then for the last question, the last question. um, I should have just already had this pulled up, but I did not. Uh, Last question. I'm trying to choose questions that don't give any parts of the book away. Just in case uh, people that are listening haven't read it yet and just and just are intrigued by the answering of the other questions. So I'm trying to be fairly vague, um, which is why it's difficult for me to find 
questions, but I guess I'll end with this one. Um, and so it says, like, how do you pronounce the last name and why I chose to change my name for the book? Um, so this is somebody who knows that that's not my real name. So the name on the book is Ro Chidike. And the reason why I chose to use a pen name um, is because my friend, Stephanie, uh, that passed away, and I've talked about her multiple times on this podcast. She called me Ro often. Um, and so I originally wanted the website to be the Rodeo uh, Productions. And then when she passed, I changed it to the Ro Productions to kind of immortalize her and to always hear people say Ro um, after she passed. And then when I started writing the book, I had already been accepted into my PhD program where I'll be writing scholarship, um, historical scholarship and cultural studies scholarship under my birth name or my given name. And so I didn't want people to find my book um, about my personal life in search of my scholarship. And so I always wanted to keep those two things separate uh and then also because I changed everybody else's name in the book I thought you know it might be good to kind of change mine as well because nobody's name is their name uh so yeah so I was like okay I'll start going by Ro that works Ro is good and then Shidike uh why that last name and so it's Nigerian and when I did my ancestry report I think I said this on a podcast before but when I did my ancestry report, uh, I said I was mostly Nigerian. And so I looked up Nigerian last names because I was like daydreaming about getting married. And when I was daydreaming about getting married, um, I kind of came up with this concept of like, why should I take my husband's last name? Um, or why should he take, take mine? Why don't we just create a last name or choose a last name for ourselves and allow our kids to be raised under that legacy? as opposed to our given last names that are like intricately intertwined with slavery and ownership and property. And so um, in searching, I kind of wanted to keep the same initials. So I was looking for C last names and I saw Chitike and it um, meant strength of God and um, or God has great power, depending on who translates it. And it's an Igbo. And so I uh, chose that one and I chose it because I felt like it took the strength of God for me to get through a lot of those things and that where I am now shows that God has great power. And so you can, you know, entertain the word God for universe or uh, energy or Allah, or Jehovah, or Buddha, whatever. But there was a great force working through my life to get me to where I am now. And it took a great force for me to get through those things. And so I thought that was the most befitting name. And that is the name I chose for the book. And that's the name I will continue to write under. And one day, hopefully, that'll be my actual name. Um, probably post PhD once I already have the paper signed and everything, uh, and I can't take it back. I will 
legally change my name or maybe at the wedding. Yeah, maybe at my wedding. I'll legally change my name um, and hopefully we'll share in that last name and my children will be raised under that last name with power um, and choice, knowing that they are able to begin their own legacy um, that includes slavery but does not start there. And so, yeah, that's the name I chose. And that's why. Also, all of my favorite authors and powerful Black women that I look up to, like Maya Angelou, all changed their names. So I figure, why not me too? You know, Asada Shakur changed her name too. And like, I'm like, yeah, all these people that women that I look up to have changed their names. So I'm going to change mine um, at some point as I like come into my own and I create the person I was meant to be, uh, and keep on, you know, undiscovering and uncovering and rediscovering who I am and who exists within me that is trying to come out. Uh, yeah, I'll change my name. And so I leave you with this as we close out this podcast. First of all, I feel so good to be back on my shit. Like it feels good to be back to the podcast and in coming weeks, of course, we'll go back to actually like talking about things that's not the book and so yeah I guess I'll leave you with this um this was something that I said at my book signing two things I guess I'll leave you with two things um that I said at the book signing that resonated with me and resonated with others because sometimes I'm just a vessel and things come through me and I'm learning as I'm saying them um and implementing them in my life as they come through me Because I don't know if they even exist in my thoughts, but then they just come. So one of the things that I said is that when you have, and maybe I've said this on the podcast before, I probably have. um, When you have a seed planted in your belly and it is time to give birth and you do not push, your entire spirit is off, right? Like you are in pain you are suffering because you have to push. And maybe what's keeping you from pushing is fear or a feeling of lack or coming from a space of lacking or thinking you're not worthy of this blessing. But if you don't push and give birth to it, you will always be in pain. And so whatever seed is planted in your belly, I pray um, and I manifest in the universe that you begin to push And give birth to whatever the universe has curated for you. Because what's yours is yours. And no man can take that from you. And what's meant for you is always meant for you. Um, And the last thing I said at the book signing is that uh, nobody's coming to save you. You are who you are looking for. Uh, You are who you've been praying for. Because... You know, you are that of God and the universe has put you in position to learn certain things so that when you did need somebody, you could be the person that you needed. And so everything that you have been through has put you in position to be the savior that you have been looking for on earth. Um, And so step into that space, step into that role with conviction and with confidence that you are who you are looking for. You are who you are seeking, and you are who is going to save you. Um, And so, yeah, I mean, that's what I said, the podcast. I mean, at the book signing. And so that's the end of the podcast. Uh, Thank you guys again for buying the book. 
And uh, I hope that you join in on the 30-day wellness challenge, 30-day fall wellness challenge that will be posted prior to the podcast on T Rodeo Show uh, Instagram, The Road Production on Twitter, T Rodeo Show on Snapchat, T Rodeo Show on Twitter. So there's a T Rodeo, T Rodeo Show account. That's the letter T Rodeo Show on Instagram, Snapchat, and Twitter. And then The Road Productions has a Facebook page and a Twitter page, both The Road Production. And everything we posted there, as well as theroadproductions.com. You can expect a weekly blog post uh, reflecting on the week and then goal setting for the week. Uh, and also just any updates on what I'm using or resources that I'm using or leaning into to uh, complete the goals that I've set for the week. will all be back on the website. And so you can check that out. Um, if you're interested in buying The Sins of My Parents by Real Chidike, which is also me. Um, and I say it that way because it has to be said with a certain accent or it means like something about butt and God, like God and butt. And that just that just sounds horrible. So if you're interested in buying The Sins of My Parents, you can go to theroadproductions.com, T-H-E-R-O, productions with an S dot com. And you can buy the book through there. The links to Amazon and Barnes and Noble exist there. Also, the playlists are on theroadproductions.com that go along with each chapter. If you want to listen to what I was listening to in those moments for the nostalgia factor. And as always, love, light, and black rights. I'm so looking forward to season three with you all. Have a wonderful weekend. Be safe. Make good choices. Brown, brown, driving me wild. It's a pretty brown, brown, driving me wild. Welcome to the rodeo, the rodeo show.